So hello and welcome to another edition of Advancing the Profession with me, Rob Jackson. It is a real pleasure to be back with you today. Thank you for tuning in for this latest episode in which I'm going to be investigating the role of advanced learning and practice for volunteer engagement professionals in regard to our professional associations. And I'm really pleased to welcome as our guest for this issue, Ruth Leonard, who for a number of years now and on top of her day job, has been chair of the Association of Volunteer Managers, which is the, I think, nearly 12 or 13-year-old professional association for volunteer managers here in the UK. So it's a real pleasure to have you with us, Ruth. Would you just like to introduce yourself for those who don't know you, please? Yes, of course. Hello. As, as Rob said, I'm the chair of the Association of Volunteer Managers. My day job is head of volunteering of development and operations at Macmillan. So I'm involved in some of the strategic setting of how we deliver volunteer wings through services and, and fundraising, but also I'm probably more relevant to AVM, how we ensure we've got uh, good practice volunteer management throughout the organisation and with our, with our partners. And for those tuning in, and I'm always hopeful there's more than about three people tuning in, who are from outside of the UK. Do you just want to explain who Macmillan are, Ruth, in case they're not familiar? Sorry, how parochial of me, yes. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> Macmillan Cancer Support is a UK-wide uh, cancer charity which supports people living with can cancer and the whole range of their, their needs, emotional, financial, practical, everything around that. Fantastic. And, and I can personally attest as to the efficacy of that organization because they provided fantastic support to my my dad and my family when my mum passed away from cancer a couple of years ago mm. and also uh, one of the few volunteer involving organizations that I know of in the UK who's done a lot of work making sure that all the staff in the organization understand how to work with volunteers and know how to work with volunteers and receive training and support in that um, which is a challenge I think a lot of people listening to this podcast struggle with day in day out in getting their organizations to think about that so so kudos to you and your team and the work that you do at Macmillan on that front let's let's um, big up we do have a volunteering quality standards so more than happy you do to talk indeed about yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm really pleased you could join us today ruth apart from the fact it's an opportunity for you and i to catch up because we were saying before we hit the record button uh, it's been too long and we've we've known each other for for a, a good number of years okay. now but also because I think this this issue that I'm exploring through the podcast of advanced practice for leaders of volunteer engagement is inherently tied into the work of each of us as individuals, but also our professional associations and the role they play in supporting practitioners at all levels in our field. So I'm, I'm really pleased we're going to get to explore this. Let me start off with what I was going to say might be an easy question, but it might not be an easy question. When, when you think about advanced volunteer management practice, what kind of comes to mind? What, what do you understand by that term? And how do you see it differing from, say, the essentials or the basics of, of what volunteer managers do? So for me, it is around building on the benchmark of, of the basic volunteer management to almost be in that philosophical place of understanding where volunteering and volunteer management strategically sit alongside other um, ways of developing services, of being able to, to share within communities. So it's around being able to think outside just the day job, really. It's about being able to think strategically be a, a future focused to understand 
where we can really add value to what the people who are actually giving their time, energy and experience, mm. i.e. volunteering, can want. And I think this is a really timely um, conversation having gone through, I'm still going through the pandemic and where communities are stepping up and being part of making that difference, as they always have done, yeah. but it's being recognised now more and more. And there's definitely the advanced element of thinking about how do we engage with those communities in a way that makes sense to them rather than filling a particular model, which we, we need to, to make sure is, is that basic of, of volunteer management. It's quite funny when you reflect on it, really, isn't it, that, that kind of what's become accepted basic volunteer management practice of, you know, having all the forms and systems and processes and all the kind of nuts and bolts and practicalities of doing what we do. And, and the kind of advanced bit now is about embracing that more informal, that more community, that more mutual aid style volunteering, which is 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 where the basics started out, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's it's almost like the old basic has become the new advanced, really. I think that's really true. And it's, it's something I've been thinking about. I've always said the reason I'm in this particular profession is because I want to enable people to make that difference in their community and give them the kind of light infrastructure that they need. But somehow we have gone through that phase of formalising for quite good reasons, because I want you know we want to be able to there are things we need to do. We don't just dump people in it and it is that infrastructure, but somehow that infrastructure has become less flexible and earthquake proof and more a big block of flats, which is making you do tick boxing. And I suppose yeah. that the advanced element is moving us beyond that important tick boxing bit into the how do we properly get back to, as you say, the basics of what real yeah. volunteering should be, an individual or a community giving their time in, and using their strengths in a way that benefits the, the, the place they want to work, whether that's a geographic place or the social space or whatever that might be. I'm sorry, I just flinched people because I used the word work in regard to volunteering. And I didn't mean it in that <laughs> Let's sense. not open that can of worms, shall oh, we? No. <laughs> We've had many a conversation about that. In <laughs> we'll we just let it pass. People won't mind. People won't notice. We can edit it out afterwards. I, I think the other thing that's interesting is, is you and others that we've spoken to, I've spoken to during this series of interviews for the podcast. When we've talked about advanced, we've not talked about length of service and years in post it's coming down more to advanced being the stuff that goes beyond the kind of the volunteer management 101 the basics that we've we, we kind of all know and love and and that kind of implies that you don't have to have been doing this you know like 27 years like I have in order to be an advanced practitioner if you're if you're moving beyond that you can be doing that much kind of earlier in your career and positioning yourself as an advanced practitioner much earlier in your career, which I think is is maybe different than a lot of other professions where advance comes from a number of years service, you know, whether that's in the legal profession or accountancy or something that you kind of have to work your way up. Actually, if you, if you take responsibility for some of that learning yourself as an individual, you can become an advanced practitioner quite early on in your in your time with us in the field. I think that's a really interesting observation. So I, I would hope that um, people get to the advanced stage by having an understanding of some of those building blocks of volunteer management. So understanding what it is and what it isn't. Mm. So it isn't it isn't an HR light, for example, yeah, all those yeah. kind of things. I think that, that would be useful. And also, as you were talking, reflecting on this whole strategy question, some people are good at strategy. That's got yeah. nothing to do with 
how advanced you've been doing the operational element or how many years it's been. Some people are just inherently good at doing that. And others, however high they get, are actually not comfortable in the strategic sphere. So I wonder if I wonder if there's something around how we demarcate advanced as implying it somehow better when it might not be. They're just two they're two different yeah. skill sets. Yeah. So in, in that sense, you can be in that headspace when you want to explore the strategic future focused questions of volunteering and volunteer management at any point in in your journey of being a leader of a of a volunteer, whereas others might be more than happy and amazingly great leaders and, and managers without necessarily exploring some of those more philosophical elements and I think that's really yes I don't think I'd thought about that before but I think that's a that's an interesting idea and if we do want to look at advanced it isn't to um, make it seem better than doing an amazing role of being of engaging and, and supporting the, the people you, that you're that you're working with. Yeah I, I mean I, I can remember I don't know if you were you were around. I think you possibly were in the old National Volunteer Managers Forum days in the late yeah. 1990s here in here in uh, England. And um, there was something that, that the precursor for those that don't know about it, the precursor to Volunteering England used to organise. It was almost like a, a precursor to AVM in many ways. And I can remember going to that after a few years in the job and people being frustrated that a day on recruitment was another day on kind of the recruitment basics how do you write a job advert volunteer recruitment advert for for volunteers etc whereas those who were considering themselves more advanced were looking for how do i integrate my volunteer recruitment efforts with the organization's wider marketing plan and that that, all, that has stuck with me for more than 20 years as a really good kind of delineator of the kind of things that we're talking about here yeah, that, that that completely resonates. So um, it's, it's that's a bit of a shame that we're still having those conversations yeah, twenty odd years yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I wonder if the other element to it as well. This is you know we're we're already straying away from what we prepared to talk about, but we do that. That's cool. Is around for individuals. Is around um, confidence and context. I I I suspect a lot of people don't move beyond the 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 core of our role, the essentials of our role, because they get a comfort and a confidence in doing the kind of fundamentals. And particularly if the context aligned with that is one where they are very much isolated and they don't have a lot of influence within their organisation. So they don't push at the boundaries, they stick to what they know. And that's not a bad thing, but it's about giving them the kind of confidence and authority within the organisation to, to keep doing what they're doing and do the best they can for the volunteers. And it's hard for them to to push on so they could be some of the best advanced practitioners that we've got in the field but the their confidence and the context in which they operate kind of holds them back yes and i think we can now do that nice segue to what yeah. we want to speak to today about yeah. around the the, the the professional associations and, and where they will add value within that so for me one the association of volunteer managers can help support people in that confidence and that comfort zone to be comfortable that they're doing the basics and they're doing the good stuff well yeah. but also that headspace to start exploring themselves as yeah. leaders within yeah. that to start being able to have conversations about some of those issues that they might not be able to do in their in their day job which will then be able to bring it back into their their day job but also explore whether or not there are other opportunities for them in the in the profession that, that they could get to that could get to as well so I do think yeah. association has that 
uh, there's two, two two perspectives really giving that good comfortable grounding so people have that confidence to to know they're doing what what, what they should be doing well but also to start um equipping them with that opportunity for personal personal development and sector development yeah. that they can be those voices uh so for those that, that don't know about avm would you mind just giving us a little bit of a potted history because i think it's important to know the kind of history and the context of the organization to really get into what what the offer from avm now is to leaders of volunteer engagement and where you think that may be strong or weak when it comes to the kind of more advanced issues so let's let's do the potted history first give it give us the history lesson ruth so i was trying to work out how old we are when you, i know we formed in the year ending seven was it four five six seven <laughs> we can do that it was in volunteers week i know that. that it was definitely <laughs> i think um and it was around as you were, you were speaking about earlier and you were probably there at the early days so probably you know, better than i do around that the need for being able to bring together people who are fairly fairly isolated in their roles and being able to understand where uh, volunteer management could go and how we could support each other in that and it was brought together as an opportunity to share and to think and to develop mm. and start having a platform to almost advocate for what volunteer management should be as a profession and nowadays i'd liken it to trying to be a professional body such as the institute of fundraising yeah. in the uk or cipd for hr and learning and development within the uk to almost give that recognition of professional status to to people who are doing doing that role and it, it's grown over the years to become broader than a group of like-minded individuals in similar roles to something that's for a whole range of different um, volunteer managers from all sectors that involve volunteers I mean quite often it feels as though charity predominates but there's a lot of sense of where statutory so our national health services uh, our fire brigades our libraries all of those other kind of opportunities that involve volunteers one of our key ethos is that it's run and led for and by our our members so we mm. really want it to to represent what our members want of us so all the board of directors um are our members it's part of the element they have to be so it'll change as as the needs of our members um will be changing our vision is connecting leaders of volunteers to make change happen together. So it's very much around how we are all leaders of volunteers, some of whom may be volunteer, volunteer managers. They don't, it's not about the paid staff position. It's not even about does you have volunteer management in your title. It yeah. is about your, your involving volunteers so that we can inspire and empower people to be making that, that difference. I just had a quick look in my calendar. It was the 5th of June, 2007. Yeah, I thought it was see five, six, seven. That, yeah. <laughs> that's what I remember <laughs> about it. So we're coming up, and we're coming up on the fourteenth birthday mm. of the of the association. Oh, I'm proud to say I've been a member since the first day, and it's brilliant for those listening in the UK. If you're not involved in it, it's definitely something to be involved in. I mean, from from the development from very very early days of that launch event in Scope in North London, uh, fourteen years ago, to conferences of two hundred people or so. Uh, when we could all get into a room together and we're not allowed to at the moment and to see that breadth of content coming through and workshops at conferences moving into things like well-being and 
some of the stuff that I would class as some of the more advanced content rather than the kind of how do you recruit, how do you manage, how do you fire volunteers and the online series of events that's happened over the last 12 months of kind of delving into particular topics and thorny issues. So how do you see the role of AVM, but I suppose professional associations more broadly in supporting people on that journey to become more advanced practitioners? What what are the kind of things that you think AVM and other associations can do? I think one of the things for me that conference really plays a role in uh, is around being able to actually hear from keynote speakers who are not solely from the volunteer management profession. So we're being able yeah. to understand what else is going on in the world, but also trying to have that sense of challenging ourselves to be thinking it differently. So a couple of conferences ago, I asked Alex Barker from Be More Pirate to come and have an understanding, help us have an understanding about what piracy means for volunteer management. And I think I can see lots of overlap with volunteer management and leading a, a pirate crew. There's a whole other conversation about what that what that means, but I would encourage you to, to have a look at Be More Pirate to understand what I'm talking about on that. And being challenged by fundraisers, for example, yeah. or by chief executives or, or by people from completely outside the profession to, to help us to look at ourselves so we don't just either feel yes we're doing a good job and we should be pleased about it which obviously we should be feeling and that is an important part of lots of the other elements that we're doing but also so that we can start rising above um, some of the feelings that we might have about our profession and I'm saying that in the sense that sometimes it can be a little bit as though we feel like we're poor relations to either fundraisers or to HR and we can spend a bit of time thinking oh isn't it hard? Nobody listens to us. So I, I think mm. it's really important to, A, we take the responsibility for having our voice heard. And that's something where I think professional associations can help us do that because we can clan together and, and advocate as, as one voice. But also having other people almost holding a mirror up to us and sharing what it's like on their side of the table can really give us something to aspire to. And I help, think that kind of sets the mindset to that to the advanced notion but having challenging keynote speakers um, we had Martha Awadobi from Charity So White come to our, our event last year and I think that really did and she was deliberately provocative and challenging and helped yeah. us to be able to look at ourselves and, and what what we as a profession might be doing to prevent true inclusion um, and I think there's things there that we really need to be uh, comfortable with exploring Absolutely. and that's all part of that advanced I suppose the advanced nature is is feeling comfort in the discomfort if that's yeah. not too much of a cliche thing to say is to be able to explore what is what is difficult and where we might be part of the problem in the whole range of um volunteer uh, volunteer management and i think that's a role that we can play by giving a safe space to do that a safe space of knowing that we all understand each other's um problems we've all been in very similar environments and i think conferences and events whether they're more informal whether they're training sessions whether it's just back in the days when we could meet as a group in a pub and have a conversation about it is that chance to be able to feel understood and yeah. therefore safe and therefore able to explore outside the boundaries i know i've had people say to me i'm sure you've heard it as well at avm conferences in the past um, that one of the things that people value about that conference the most is that they get to be in a room full of people where they don't have to explain to each other what they do. 
that you know you <laughs> no, have to no, no. have to make out that you're HR or explain that you do actually get paid or any of those kinds of things. Yeah. I, I think the th- the one that really struck me and it, I was very sad that it was a conference I wasn't apps was when you had the chief exec of the Association of Chief Execs of Voluntary Organizations, Vicky Browning in there. Because I, mm-hmm. for me, that was a real moment of having uh, the chief exec of the chief execs actually come and address a room full of volunteer managers and say, drop this victim mentality. Yes, yes, you're yes. important. You're valuable. Yeah. And, and that's a message that I think a lot of people might hear from you and me and from colleagues in volunteer management but they don't hear it from other people in the organizations they work in yeah and we're definitely in the well they would say that wouldn't they type yeah, of category exactly. so i think and it's really powerful to hear it from chief execs we've had several i mean akiva obviously representing the variety of chief execs but i think some of the most powerful ones have been when we have had chief executives come to to speak to us from whatever charity they are because they're the ones who will say and there was one um, conversation when we were actually asked, asking the questions of what can we do to make sure we are uh, rising up the agenda in in your your rise as a chief exec, and that's just a use, you know useful opportunity to hear and to to share yeah. some of our issues and to hear from the other side actually where we are viewed and how how we're viewed by chief execs. And I think moving beyond the events and conferences, for me, one of the things that I think ABM does well, I'd be interested to get your take on whether you think it really contributes that kind of advanced learning as well is is the mentoring program. Mm. So do you want to say a little bit about that and, and where that's come from and how it operates? And... Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of the mentoring program, if, if only because it was one of the things we were talking about at that first launch event 14 years ago around we yeah. really wanted to, to, to do that. The opportunity for people and it isn't it doesn't it isn't coming across as a being more advanced in um, my journey than somebody else so it relates no. back to, to your question but it is around somebody who's got particular knowledge and experience in one area supporting another person it's been powerful for both ends so we, we, we've offered the opportunity to be a mentor or to have a mentor only for our members so it's a kind of way of being this is something we're giving back to both parties mentors and the mentees because it's useful to to, for both parties to hear from each other and and to to grow and it's been really positive for everybody could be positive because some of the mentees have gone on to get other jobs when they realize this isn't quite what I wanted to do (laughs) it's been positive for the sense of being able to help develop strategy and help to develop that voice within their organizations just learning from each other and there's been lots of opportunities to share skills across the sector and, and share skills across the organization i've been mentoring somebody in the in the last round and i think well i I hope i hope she says she has but i hope we both got something out of that kind of experience from each side of of the of the table everybody learned something from it and i think it's been one of those things that helps to bring together that community but also as you uh, linking to the advanced um nature to, to, because you're learning from different environments it's always going to keep your mind more open to those uh, creative elements that is all part yeah. of that advanced advanced nature absolutely i think that's there's a really important point in there that i i hope i hope i practice in what i do in that i've been doing this for 27 years now and i still think i'm learning something every day about what we do and and how we work and and that if if we don't have that mindset of learning every day, then there's there's almost a limit on whether or not we can really call ourselves advanced in the profession because 
we, we don't know everything and when we're probably never going to know everything but it's about pushing ourselves forward isn't it it definitely is and for me that's part of why I'm involved with volunteers and volunteering anyway because yeah. there, it's not a finite position it isn't a square box it's always going to be a, a creative and being able to explore outwards because people's needs change and people's recognitions of their assets and strengths change and that's what volunteer management is around is supporting and enabling that. So what would you like to be able to do from AVM perspective? You know you do you do a fantastic amount already as an association you punch well above your weight but but clearly in terms of moving the the profession on and developing more advanced practitioners and seeing the profession get elevated to a more advanced level if you could wave your magic wand shake the magic money tree and and have avm doing new things what, um, you're not going to be held to making these happen ruth this isn't your gun getting you on record and then in a year's time we'll come back and say why has avm not done it but what, aspirationally what what do you think avm could be doing if only you had the means the time the resource etc oh, i think it is around for me some of the having those bigger conversations having the bigger conversations that I think advanced uh, volunteer management would be around so that we could be almost thought leaders and setting some of the agendas about what 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 volunteer management should look like in the future and how we get ourselves fit for purpose and how we're almost leading the way and enabling that to happen I'd like to do a, a bit a, a bit more advocacy and support for for volunteer managers it can be a lonely profession you can mm. feel as though you're speaking upwards in, in a whirlwind of all the other priorities and, and the volunteer management can almost as I said earlier seem like the poor relation that, that doesn't get the voice and I think there's a it's incumbent on us as a community to help to to do that help our members to do that in their own individual sessions and by doing it as a collective voice to parliamentarians or, or sector leading infrastructure bodies to have have that voice there so there's a there's a way to um to cascade that down through our, our members and at this point i want to mention that the letter that the open letter that rob you've been responsible for yeah. for leading because i think that's part of being a collective that can say to the leaders of charity sectors and the voluntary civil society sectors as, as this is the, the power of volunteering and therefore volunteer management and I, I like the association of volunteer management to do more of that i think we do a really great job of bringing people together and feeling that they are heard and feeling that they can understand what good looks like i think the next stage is to broaden that conversation to to go and and, and what next and where do we go and how do yeah. we actually make sure we're hearing the voices of all the people who lead volunteers whether or not they've got volunteer management in their title whether they're not they consider themselves um as volunteers to be able to to bring that in and all of those things that we're beginning to allude to earlier around community engagement and mutual aid i think there's bits there that we've got that uh opportunity to to be exploring and, and for those that, sorry i was just gonna say for those that don't know that open letter was an initiative that we did a year ago now we stole from our colleagues across the pond in the united states who drafted this initial open letter to senior managers to argue for why they shouldn't cut volunteer engagement resources during the cuts that were happening through the pandemic and and we stole it and we did it in the UK and I think it was 
one of the things that was really impressive to me was one of the first times that lots of the professional associations for different subsectors, hospices, heritage, national health service, we all came together and did that. And um, we're recording this at the beginning of May. And what we're hoping is that, that sometime around June time, we're going to be launching a second version of that, that people will be able to access from my website, from the AVM website and, and other places to help you advocate for your work within your organisation as we come out of lockdown in the UK and we think about where we're going. And then I'm sure any other association in the rest of the world is completely free to steal what we've done because we stole it from the Americans in the first place. <laughs> And that's a really nice link to, I, I would like us to be working more closely globally with mm. other professional bodies. So we're, we're trying to better understand that space with other infrastructure bodies within the UK and to make sure that we're, we're, we're working together well. But I think that I'd like to explore how we work together across the globe with other volunteer involving associations and, and yeah. think about what, what that looks like I think that's really powerful on the another on the other probably more practical and not necessarily but the basis of an advanced program I, I would be I would quite like us to be able to leading away with developing a professional pathway for volunteer mm. management from the real basics all the way up to a program of so where next where where would somebody uh, who's a head head of or a director of volunteering where would they want to extend themselves and I kind of made a hand gesture going breadth wise because I don't think it's necessarily upwards I think there's an opportunity to to use skills um, across rather than than up so I think that I'd really be interested in us taking something like that because it's feels a bit of a vacuum at the moment with development programs for for mm. volunteer management some some great programs have now finished some of them are, are being run sporadically across the uk but i think that's a really powerful opportunity to explore what that could look like i agree with you we have another episode in this series with uh, jerome tenniel from the us who is very passionate about that having made the switch from a, a volunteer management role into uh, heading up corporate social responsibility for a major global hotel chain and mm. saying how much of the skills are exactly the same, but it, it's yep. career progression, it's advanced development. It's just not the natural career progression that we might think of, of going from frontline hands-on volunteer management to a role like the one you have in Macmillan, and then kind of where do you go from there? So I think, I think that whole idea of a kind of pathway and journey for people is a really, really important one. Where, where do we start and where do we see career yep. success being yeah. is, is really important. That's great. Thank you, Ruth. Really appreciate your time today to talk about these issues. I mean, we could be on here for hours and hours and hours, but people would lose the patience <laughs> to listen to us um, if we went on much longer. How can people uh, get in touch with you? How can they find out more about uh, AVM, the Association of Volunteer Managers? So, yeah, come and visit our website, uh, volunteermanagers.org.uk. My contact details are all on there. Um, I'm on Twitter, at StruthyB, so follow there. I'm on LinkedIn. Sorry, I can't remember my title. Yes, for, I can't LinkedIn. remember mine, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please do get come and have a conversation. Um, also, if you're a member and you think we're not doing things right, please feel free and tell us what, what yeah. you want. I, as I said earlier, we're, we're here for our, our members um, and we want to do things that, that you want us to do. And I think that's part of the advancement is that we're all part of um, making that change and we're all part of this process so whether I've got the title chair or not is almost irrelevant it's yeah. around being here for for everybody so yeah 
do get in touch. It'll be, be great to hear from you. And thank you, Rob, yeah. for giving us this opportunity. It's been a really, really nice wow. conversation. No problem. And and if you're listening to this and you're in the UK and you're not an AVM member, please, please, please do go and have a look at the website. Please do go and join because the more of us that are involved in this, the more we can have our voices heard and we can support the board and the others working to organise AVM to push the profession forward. And the one thing Ruth didn't mention there is they have a very active Twitter account at AVM Tweets. And if you're really interested in finding a job, or a new job in volunteer management. I believe it's every Saturday morning. Every Saturday. Yeah. There is a, a whole series of tweets with job postings uh, in volunteer management in the UK. So that's a great place to go and look at. Ruth, it is always a pleasure. Uh, like I've said to a lot of people I've been interviewing for this series, I hope it isn't long before we can get back to seeing each other face to face again, because right. um, this is great, but it's nice to see people and it's nice to be back in a room where people, people in volunteer management and that's what we want. So thank you very much for your time today. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Mm-hmm.